Hello, and welcome to another episode of It's an Amazing Show, a podcast where I'm just enjoying the anime that I'm currently watching, and I just really want to talk about it. I'm your host, Cameron Duncan, and let's just talk about it. So we are finally in the spooky season. I am loving it. This cold weather is just delightful. I love pulling out my old sweatshirts and my big chunky sweaters. And it's almost like coming out of my summertime cocoon because I'm just so hot. I don't want to go outside. I don't want to do anything out in the summer because I just melt. I'm eating a lot more pumpkin uh, probably than my body needs. Especially those Starbucks cold brews. Oh my god, I I definitely enjoy a pumpkin cold brew. I'm not a I'm not a, a pumpkin spice latte girl, but I am a pumpkin cream cold brew woman. It's also the time for spooky movies. I have been rewatching some of my favorite older movies. Like AMC on demand has a lot of the uh, Stephen King movies back on, which I've been watching. I've been watching thinner. Terrible movie. Terrible movie. But I love it. It's like an old friend that I won't talk to for like a year. But then I'm like, oh, I missed you. And they're like, yeah, I missed you too. Come on in. Have some soup. Or have some gross pie. Um, I've also been watching uh, Netflix horror movies, especially the Korean ones. I, I really enjoy those. I've been watching Hashtag Alive, which was really good. Like, really good you're into like zombie movies like it's not it's not the best zombie movie i've seen but for the premise that they're going for being stuck in a an apartment complex you know they did a really good job i've also i also rewatched uh train to busan which is still my favorite movie like it is it's an annual movie for me it's a zombie apocalypse movie but you are stuck in a train now, I really like the actors in this one, especially um, one specific. He certainly made the movie for me. The uh, The actor's name is Ma Dong Seok. And like when you watch this movie, you'll know who I'm talking about because at first you don't really pay him that much mind. Like he's supposed to be kind of like an intimidating character to the main character. You know, he's kind of supposed to be like the asshole. And then like, I think like 20 minutes into the movie with him from when you first see him like he rips off his jacket and he starts like beating the shit out of these zombies and you're like oh my god i think i want you to protect me <laughs> like he's it's so good like he's he was definitely my favorite character in the whole movie he was so so good i really appreciated his character he he definitely made the movie for me i think if it i think if it wasn't for him i don't think i would have enjoyed it as much like it's still a really good movie if you're looking for something new and you are looking for something like spooky zombie related i recommend it well speaking of horror movies i kind of got a little bit sidetracked i meant to look for i meant to look for a movie that i wanted to talk about I was kind of wanting to do like Blood the Last Vampire. I couldn't really find it online. I tried to find it in stores unless I try to order it online, which would probably take a while. So I looked on Netflix and I actually found a short series that I've watched and um, I liked. I liked it enough to want to talk about it. So why don't we just get into it and talk about it? So the show that I want to talk about today is called Japan Sinks 2020. This show was released about four months ago on Netflix. This is based off a disaster novel with the same name by Seiki Okamatsu. He released this book in 1973 
And this book took nine years to complete because the way that he wrote it, he wrote it in two different sections. And he wanted those to be released at the same time. So when he wrote the first section, he spent time working on the second one, which took even longer. And when he finally completed it, he released it all together. So within that same year, a movie also came out called Tidal Wave, which was based off of his book. A TV show also came out a year later that was showing on TBS and Toho in Japan. It also got a another film in 2006, which was The Sinking of Japan. The, there was a 2006 sequel of the book. There was a talk of a third book. There was also a manga that came out in the 1970s. And then we get into our current timeline, which is Japan Sinks 2020. So, you know, this... Uh, This series has some history. So Japan Sinks 2020, as I said, it came out earlier this year. It is a Netflix-licensed animation, and uh, it was directed by, I hope I say this right, I'm going to try to, Pion Gun-ho and Masaki Yusa. Not only this, a lot of other shows that we've seen on Netflix so far, like The Night is Short, Walk On Girl, and Devilman Crybaby, which when I... (laughs) So a lot of these, a lot of times when I watch a movie or a show, I just go in blind. I don't really try to look up like who's done stuff unless I have to, or I'm curious. Three minutes into the first episode, I saw like a girl character and I'm like, huh, that looks like one of the characters from Devilman Crybaby. And lo and behold, it's, it's the same director. (laughs) It's the same guy that worked on it. So the art style is pretty similar to that. So Masaki Yusa, in 2013, he was the director, the writer, and the storyboard artist for for the Adventure Time series, um, Food Chain. So if you've ever seen that episode where, you know, the animation style is really out there, where it's Finn, you know, he's learning about the circle of life and about the food chain, and the animation style is just you know, really exciting. It's all thanks to him. So it was him and his partner at the time, um, Yong Cho. And, you know, as soon as they finished that, they went on to found the animation studio Science Saru. And from there, they directed, and from there, Masaki Yusa directed a lot of animations. He directed Devil Man Crybaby. He directed Keep Your Hands Up, Isaken, and a few others. And from there, you know, he kind of helped build it up, um, both him and his partner. And Masaki became the president of Science Saru. Uh, he didn't keep that, though, I think around March of 2020, before Japan Sinks came out, Masaki retired and left it to Yong Cho, who is currently now the president and the CEO of the animation studio. The story was written by Toshio Yoshitaka, who I tried to find. The only thing I could find that might possibly be them was there is a chance they may have written some episodes for Dragon Ball Super. And the music is composed by Kensuke Ushio, who is a Japanese composer. He does rock, and then he does a lot of, it's called EBM, which is electric body music. And he also did the music for Devil Man Crybaby. And it's really intriguing. I don't think I've ever heard music like that before because it just, there's like moments in the, in the music throughout the series where you will hear like slight, like drum, like 
And then you'll hear like a computer blip, like a or something like that. It's if that makes any sense. It's like kind of wild to hear. Like you'll hear like gentle piano music, and then it'll like go into like this wiry like electronica music all of a sudden. Like it'll be like a quick sudden change, and then it'll go like into like back into the classic. And Devilman Crybaby has a lot of those moments in the music too. I'm gonna be fully honest. I watched this in Japanese. I didn't really watch it in English. I think I watched about five minutes in English, and then I just didn't care for it. Like I don't know any of the voice actors. They're all kind of new to me.、Um, some of them haven't really done anything that I've really have currently seen. You know, you've got Feimada who. Does like a lot of computer game voices, like、uh, Lulu from League of Legends. I think she's Aqua from Kanasuba.、Um, and then we've got Ryan Bartley, who is Ray in the Netflix release of Neo Genesis Evangelion, and she's also Nina in the new Berserk. So it's a lot of it's a lot of shows that like I haven't currently seen or games that I haven't really played. So those are at least the two mains that I know that play the two. Main characters. Yeah, I watched it in Japanese. I mean, if you like English, that's fine. I kind of don't really. Sometimes I didn't really care for it in English, so I watched it in Japanese. But you know, to each his own. You watch it how you enjoy it. So, so why don't we get into a little bit of you know what it is and what I thought about it? So let's dive right in. So Japan thinks 2020. I'm not entirely sure of the timeline. I'm I'm gonna assume it's 2020 because that's the name of the title. It it is about、um, a young girl named Ayumu Moto.、Um, she is a 14 year old who is part of a track and field team at her school. Like she's attempting to get into the Olympics for. You know the upcoming years, and her brother Go,、um, who is an online gamer, he, he wants to be part of the gaming world, and because of that, he talks online to a lot of people from different parts of the world. Which now he is pretty diverse in the English language, and in every single episode, he he will speak English.、Um, which, to the voice actor's credit, like in the Japanese, like that's pretty. Freaking cool!、Um, the fact that their pronunciation and their use of English is so clear and it's amazing. I really liked it. It's pretty much about them, you know, finding their parents and getting back together with them after this huge earthquake hit, and with a small group of survivors, they're trying to find. Some safety within their country that is slowly sinking. Now, I'm I don't know a lot of science. I barely remember my high school science, so I'm just gonna give you the the dummy version of what I know about this. So, if you want to look more more deeply into it, like feel free to by all means. But I'm just gonna go with a small representation. So Japan sits atop of like four tectonic plates. So it like in theory makes it like geologically unstable. And you know the country has experienced like earthquakes throughout history, tsunamis as a result, and the people. Within that country, you know, they are prepared for them. They are sensitized through education and drills and preparedness programs, so they know what to do during these moments. And the show starts with an earthquake. 
we see, you know, Ayumu with her friends on the field. You know, they are experiencing it. Her little brother, Go, is at home, and he knows to be under the table because that's where dad says to be during an earthquake. Her father's working in a stadium, setting lights up, telling his employees, like, to stay away from the electrical equipment, stay away from the open um, where the glasses and, like, the equipment are. And their mom, who is on a plane, you know, so they haven't really experienced anything yet. They just know that an earthquake has hit, so they are kind of being delayed from landing. And after a little while, after they talk about it, you know, they've experienced it, all of a sudden, the ground, like, shifts. And it kind of took me by surprise by how, like, like how much the earth had dropped. Because it just, like, that shift in the plate tectonics just... Like, we see that this is more than just a small earthquake. The the plates themselves are collapsing in on each other, and we are witnessing Japan just sinking. Like, the first three episodes are about Ayumu and Go finding their family and kind of traveling just to find higher ground. They're not entirely sure what's happening, but a scientist named Onodera, he... He finally comes out and says, Japan is sinking. It's going into the ocean and we need to leave. We need to get off the island because there's nothing, like nothing's going to be left. I don't want to go like too much into spoiler detail I because I want you guys to like experience it. It's definitely like, it's really good. Like it's not the best I've seen. I mean, like the first three episodes actually did like make me like out loud go, oh, or oh my God. Episode four was kind of a little silly. They find like a, a rest area and it's it's kind of a little a little culty. Like I was like, this is getting a little silly for me. I just I didn't really care for episode four and five. Six, it got right back on track. I, I really liked six. I laughed more than I should have on a certain scene. I think I I think I laughed out of sheer surprise and I'm terrible. It's terrible. It's it's a horrible moment and it was just so sudden and I just like I like did like a nervous laugh because I was just like I don't know what else to feel. Like it's like it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> Oh my god. After episode six, like it, it picks back up again and the experiences are pretty scary. Like for a 14 year old, 13, 14 year old and her like, I don't know how old her brother is. Uh, I'm going to assume like 10, her 10 year old brother, like, you know, to go from like talking to your friends to like having them crushed by like debris or, you know, you're talking with someone and then all of a sudden like a noxious gas like just knocks him out you know so having those moments for her and her brother and she has to like be the older sibling and she's like it's okay we're gonna be okay and in actuality she's like i really don't know if we're gonna be okay but i can't tell him that i think my favorite episode had to be the 10th episode which was the final because like i said i don't want to get too much into the spoilers but it talks about how even though even though Japan has sunk like we've lost a great country we've lost our home we never really lost our history we are still the proud Japan that we have always been and all of our history and all of our livelihoods will always be with us you know even though our land is gone we are still proud of where we came from and we will rebuild again and I liked that. It was really, it was really fitting. I enjoyed that. Uh, it wasn't really all that bleak at the end. 
I think I, I really enjoyed the characters too. Go goes kind of a little bit annoying as you know most ten year olds are. What I really enjoyed about him was because he is so open about you know his love of other countries and you know wanting to experience other countries and you know wanting to leave Japan because he's he doesn't really care for it. You know so he picks up a lot of uh, English language and he picks up a lot of American traits. He has to learn that. What may be appropriate in one one culture is considered really offensive in the other, and you know to learn from those mistakes. And there's a scene where they're trying to get on a boat, and he speaks English, and the Japanese are really offended by that because he doesn't come off as a, a pure Japanese member of society. You know, his mom has to step in and say, "There's nothing wrong with." There's nothing wrong with him. He's he's not different. He's he's still a member of the Japanese society. You know, and the and the mom is from the Philippines. So Ayumu and Go are not full Japanese as well, but their mom is saying there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you are still members of the Japanese society even though, you know, you are not you are not a full-blooded Japanese, which I think is really awesome and it really like it's something that I've never really experienced in in an anime, and it was really cool to see that. We also meet other characters. We meet Kite. Uh, Kite is from the country of Estonia, and I really enjoyed them. There are some moments where I had to be like, "Okay, like how are you? How are you this smart? Like I, like even I wouldn't be able to like do this much." Like, <laughs> and then. They meet a character who's from England. His name is Daniel. I mean, I kind of don't care for Daniel. Like, I... Like, I think somewhere in episode four, I'm like, oh, okay, you're supposed to be the funny guy. And then, like, he just doesn't stop with the act. It's almost like someone in a bar that, like, says one thing that's, like, funny, and you laugh at it, and because you laughed at it, they want to keep going with that joke. And then you're like, okay, slow your roll like that's Daniel to me Daniel was very like like one trick pony and I was like I'm I don't care I don't care for you Daniel like whatever Uh, all right enough so what did I really think about it I I liked it you know I think I think it was a fun series to start off the Halloween time like I said I'm big into like disaster post-apocalyptic like TV shows and movies uh it certainly caught me off guard I I think the second episode I was like oh my god (laughs) like oh no that's terrible and from then on like I enjoyed it I kind of like I kind of lost it around four or five and then like after six it started picking up again and I was like okay now now I'm digging it so like it kind of gets a little bit it reaches a part where you're like okay like we just kind of had we had to fill something in for this and this is kind of a little silly and then like once you're done with that you're like okay now we're getting back into the more of the disaster and more of the you know, how they're dealing with that and how they're trying to get off the island. The characters are great. I love the diversity of the characters. I I would love to see more of that in the upcoming anime. I think I think Masaki Yusa does a really good job with telling a story with his characters and creating creating something that will definitely catch your eye. Now the art is different. I personally enjoy it. I like how unique it is. The music in each episode was really good. It's a unique style of music. 
you know, going back to diversity, you're also getting a blend of different music. You're getting the, you know, you're getting classic Japanese, you're getting rock, and then you're getting uh, EBM. You put all those together and it like creates something new. So overall, I think I think this is worth a watch. I think if you're looking for something, something to like kind of like grip you a little bit, it's, it's not too long. It's about 10 episodes long. Um, each episode's like about 21 minutes. I think the longest one is episode 10, which is about 30 minutes. Yeah, I think it's a good watch with friends. I think I think to actually sit down with somebody and to like talk about that stuff after each episode, like, did you see what happened in this part? Like, oh my God, I can't believe... What happened in this episode? Like, it's it's definitely a good watch with friends. And there are some pretty memorable moments. And I, you know, I think it's a good way to start off October. You know, not too, not too spooky, but you're still getting some bits of gore and some, uh, some moments of surprises. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you, everybody, so much. If you like what I'm doing and you want to follow me to see what's next on my lists, feel free to follow me at It's an Amazing SH1 on Twitter or Jane Cameron DUN2 if you just want to stop by and say hi. Thank you, everybody. It's been an amazing time, and I hope to see you soon. 